0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, a belated Merry Christmas to you, though I wished you Merry Christmas last week. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. I'm going to try to do the show this evening without mentioning Trump. I don't know if it's possible. I may get carried away on some issue, but I've had it up to here, and I think you people have had it up to here too. Uh, He dominates everything in our lives today, and uh, I'm just sick and tired of hearing about him. And I wish he'd get impeached and get him the hell out of there because I just don't think he's doing a good job and he is destroying our democracy And no one, a lot of people don't seem to understand what that means. But be that as it may, no more Trump. I'm going to start with a miracle tonight, a baby miracle. And this may very well, this story may very well bring a tear to your eye. It did to mine. Uh, 22 years ago, in a hospital in Massachusetts, twin girls were born prematurely. 12 weeks prematurely, each weighed 2.2 pounds. They were put in incubators, separate incubators. One twin was making it. The other was not. The one that was not making it was losing weight as opposed to the one that was making it was gaining weight and was sleeping, crying on occasion, but sleeping, doing what a baby does within the first month of its existence. But the one that wasn't making it cried constantly, losing weight, cried constantly, and the doctors came to the conclusion the baby was not going to make it, was not going to survive. Death was inevitable, and so advised the parents. Now, There was a nurse there who had been taking care of these twins from day one, and she felt bad, and she was aware, she was an older nurse, she was aware of something which had been going on in hospitals in Great Britain. It was a new approach to a situation where one twin was making it and one was not, and basically this is how it worked. They take the baby who's not making it and put it in the incubator with the baby who is making it. And when you bring the two babies together, somehow something comes from the baby who's healthy into the one who is dying, and the one who's dying survives, and they both survive. It was against the law in Massachusetts at that time to do it, but she did it. She took the unhealthy baby baby, and put it in the incubator with the healthy one. She laid them both on their stomachs. As soon as the babies touched, their bodies touched, their arms touched, the healthy baby, the one that was surviving, took her arm and put it on her sister's back. True story. Immediately, the baby that wasn't making it stopped crying. And you know what I'm going to tell you the baby that wasn't making it, survived. Somehow she drew something from her twin sister that made her survive. The girls today are 22 years old. I've seen their pictures on the Internet. They're absolutely beautiful. Women have completed college and are on their way into their life, uh, hopefully, which will be good for the both of them. They're smiling, gorgeous young ladies. And isn't this thrilling that the strength of one brought the other one around. Which now brings me to something that's very interesting. I I had written about this, oh, three, four years ago. Uh, I wrote a major article in the local newspaper here, Conk Life, a lengthy article on this. It's Japan. Japan has what we call a celibacy syndrome. They have a flight, Japanese people have a flight from human intimacy. What am I saying? They don't have sex. The younger people in Japan uh, have thrown sex off. They don't engage in it. There's a number of reasons for it. A 2013 study showed clearly that uh, the younger people, and when I say younger, I'm talking people uh, from 16, 18 years old up through 35, were not interested in sex. In fact, the article said they, and they, and I quote, they despised sexual contact. Despise sexual contact. Now that doesn't make sense to me, and it probably doesn't make sense to you. Uh, but what's re- th- something bad has come of this? Japan now has a diminishing birth rate, and a diminishing birth rate means a diminishing population. I mean, things are getting real tough. You have to increase your population if you're going to keep your company going. Uh, In the year 2017, only 941,000 babies were born, okay? Now, that's the lowest recorded birth rate, okay? Since 1899, (laughs) since 1899. Uh, And it's 65% below the birth rate of the late 1940s, following World War II. Uh, One study shows that 61% of unmarried men and 49% of the women 18 to 34 are not in any kind of romantic relationship. One-third of the people under 30 have never dated, okay? Uh, They don't believe in love. They don't believe in love. Uh, it's, it's it's a cultural revolution of sorts, like the women coming into being with regard to sexual harassment there. I say it's a cultural revolution in Japan. Both the male and the female people in the, those age brackets no want, do not wish any longer to participate or do not participate in sex. Now, the reasons for it are several. One is... There's economic stagnation yeah we we never think about that in Japan for the last twenty years. you know the country was doing everything right, manufacturing wise, cetera, et cetera then there was the, there's the nuclear scare they're scared North Carolina is going to- uh, on north Carolina I'm sorry, North Korea is going to drop a nuclear bomb on them. They're scared there's going to be a nuclear war uh and this fear is is real with them. Don't forget. Their families have told them what happened in her, with regard to Hiroshima and Nagasaki at the end of World War II. Then there was the 2011 earthquake and the tsunami. And following all that, we've had a radioactive meltdown in Japan, a radioactive meltdown. So they're saying, what the hell? Uh, w- why get involved? There's a better way. And their better way is quite simple. Uh, what the women do is, and the women, by the way, are working today. They get jobs now, and they educate themselves, and they go to work, and they want to succeed. But working in Japan is tough. Even see, uh, surviving and succeeding professionally, they got to bust their butts, which means they do not have time. They're tired at the end of the day to go home and take care of a family. So they'd rather avoid that. They can self-pleasure themselves. Uh, either with instruments or by hand. They uh, would prefer going out with their girlfriends to dinner and taking trips. This substitutes for what they're, they're missing uh, via a love life and everything else. Uh, and then the men, they don't want to know women anymore because, number one, the men do not have a job that's for life. It used to be in Japan you got a job that it was, it was your job for life. The company kept you all the time. No more. They've become like us in this country. Well, 20 years ago, I was saying we should be, be like them uh, because they were succeeding in manufacturing. But they don't have it now, and the men feel they cannot keep their jobs long enough. Uh, they don't make enough money. Uh, so they'd rather play. This is what two studies show they rather play games on the computer and sit with their buddies in a bar and drink than go out with women. Both the males and the females, 16 to 35, despise sex. You hear what I said? Not my words from the studies, despise sex. So they're not into it. What's going to happen, though, is a disaster for Japan. You cannot have a diminishing population. To keep your country strong, you must continue. You gotta get married. You gotta make babies. Uh, And they have to make babies when they get older. Uh, But they're not doing it. The only way they can counter this situation is with immigration. But for some reason, immigration does not exist in Japan. And it makes me wonder, here I go, I'm going to mention Trump for a moment. He wants to kill immigration. This country, our country, needs immigration to survive. All the studies here show you that. These people come over, they work their asses off, they, they get married, they have babies, the kids grow up, they want a better life, they go to college. And that's what our country's been from day one. Well, they, they don't have this anymore in Japan. So Japan's in trouble. Japan is in trouble Big time. Do you want to know what women refer to marriage as? These young girls who don't want, don't marry. Not that they don't want to marry. They don't marry. They consider marriage a woman's grave. A woman's grave. So that's the story of what's going on in Japan, and they have celibacy. How awful! Um, I'm going to talk about four things that happened in December, over the years, though not this year, but over the the years, the last couple of hundred years, that are outstanding events, in my opinion. First, we had the Boston Tea Party, remember? Uh, 1771, December 1771, the Boston Tea Party, an act of rebellion. Uh, and they were irritated. The, the, you know, the colonists were saying, they're screwing us, England. They're imposing these taxes on us. Taxation without representation is tyranny. And they showed how mad they were, and they dumped the tea off uh, the ships in Boston Harbor. We have rebellion today. It's fomenting. It's beginning. People are in the streets now. Every time something happens, people are really in the streets now, and the crowds are getting bigger Uh, this is a form of rebellion being in the streets. They're not dumping tea, but something bad's going to happen. In addition to yelling and screaming, something bad's going to happen in one of these protest situations in the next year or two. And I fear it's going to be unhealthy for our country because we are going to face a situation we have never faced before, true violence, where the people react and perhaps seek to disrupt the government big time. Also, how about this? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yep, the month of December, 1937, important with regard to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You remember the Seven Dwarfs. Dopey, Sneezy, Bashful, Grumpy, Sleepy, Doc, and Happy. I love it, just to recite those seven names. Uh, in December 1937, the first feature-length animated film uh, was shown. It was prepared. It was the baby of Walt Disney. Uh, people thought this wasn't going to fly. There never was a, a, a whole film that was animated. Uh, no real characters. They thought he was blowing whatever money he had. He mortgaged his home to the hilt to get this uh this uh film out the banks wouldn't even loan money to him they thought it was a joke uh hollywood referred to uh snow white and the seven dwarfs during the time it was being shot as disney's folly disney's folly it cost disney it was disney's folly all right well when Disney's Polly came out, you know how much money it made. <laughs> it made 8 million dollars the first weekend, which was astronomical money back then in 1937. 8 million dollars, one of the most famous movies of all time, you know. Whistle while you work. I ho, I ho, it's off the work we go. I love these things. They stay with us forever. Then we come to Van Gogh the artist. December, 1889. Venko was not a happy man. He was not a, um, well, mentally well person. He was a screwball of sorts, but he painted well, okay? And uh, in December, 1889, he got pissed off at himself for some reason. I'll explain it in a moment. But he chopped off the lower part of his left ear with a razor. He chopped off the lower part of his left ear with a razor. Got to be crazy to do that. Uh, He subsequently painted an oil of himself with the ear bandage bandage going all around his head. Uh, Now, why was he crazy? They say a major contributing factor to his mental instability was the fact that in his whole career, with all these fine paintings, he only sold one. He couldn't make a dollar. He couldn't live. He couldn't make money. And years later, all his paintings sell for millions of dollars. In fact, the one with the ear covered up in a big vantage sold for a million-plus dollars at one point. Uh, But he couldn't earn a living, and he cut his ear off, the bottom part of his ear. And that's the story of Van Gogh. And I've got another one here. And it's about Clinton and the impeachment, different approach to it or different things some things you might not be aware of what i'm going to share with you first i believe most people are aware of when clinton was first impeached the investigator star was the special counsel star who was a creep i think first class uh because of the way he handled the investigation it was a classless one and when he got into sex i thought that was absolutely disgusting but anyhow Star, the the special uh, investigator, he was never aware of Lewinsky, Monica Lewinsky, and the meretricious relationship going on between Clinton and Lewinsky until one and a half years into the investigation. The point I am making: uh, they got Clinton for something that they didn't know anything about when they started the investigation and they did not become aware of till a year and a half later. And that's perfectly legitimate. And it very, very well happened with Trump here. I don't know. This Russian thing may lead to other things, but that is why I'm sharing this with you. Um, I think a, a terrible thing happened. Monica, I feel sorry for Monica Lewinsky to this day. I mean, this was a 22-year-old girl. I mean, she made her own bed. She had to sleep in it. They didn't sleep in a bed, but she had to sleep in it. She orally copulated the president. They never had sex in any any other fashion. Uh, She was wrong. He was really wrong. I mean, he's an adult adult. She still can be considered a kid, sort of. She's an intern working in the White House. Uh, and I thought she got a, a bad roll of the dice here. Her reputation has been destroyed. I mean, every time someone looks at her, they've got to think she was on her knees, orally copulating the President of the United States. Uh, and it just it had to hurt her. I'm sure it hurt her and destroyed her. Not that it was easy for the President to get through the thing. What I want to share with you, though, I'm, I still haven't gotten to it. Um, She had a mother, of course, Monica Lewinsky. Her mother's name was Marcy K. Valensky. Not Lewinsky, Valensky, she went by. V-I-L-E-N-S-K-Y. Now, the Trump, I'm sorry, the uh, Clinton impeachment proceeding began in 1995 and concluded two years later in 1997. In the middle of the investigation, her mother Marcy K. Walensky wrote a book, a gossip book, called The The Private Lives of the Three Tenors. The Private Lives of the Three Tenors. And in the book, she intimated, she hinted that she had had an affair with Placido Domingo. This is her mother, Monica's mother. And uh, she compared herself to her daughter's Sexual relationship with Clinton. Now, I've got to tell you something. If Monica was sexually permissive, I don't know if I'd even describe her conduct that way, it had to come from her mother. The mother's a nut. Look, look at the mother. She writes a book. She says, oh, I had an affair with Placida Domingo, and she compares it to what her daughter did with Bill Clinton. Bad mother. Not a good woman to have raised the child. Okay. Now we're going to talk about war, war, pending war maybe, perhaps a war. First thing is the commandant of the Marines is General Robert Neller, N-E-L-L-E-R. We have Marines for some reason based in Norway. Last week he was in Norway and he spoke with him. And you know what he said? Be prepared. War is coming next year. You heard me. War is coming next year. His words, not mine. And the war will be with Russia and in the Pacific Theater. That's what he predicts. Don't want to make you uncomfortable, but keep it in mind, he's the head of the Marines. Then there's another situation here. Uh, The United Nations, an individual employed as the uh, under. General for Political Affairs under General for Political Affairs uh, with the United Nations. His name is Jeffrey Feltman. Okay, about two weeks ago, gave a talk about the North Korea situation. He had just returned from a visit to North Korea. He said, and I quote: "It's the most. It's the world's most dangerous." security issue and must be resolved factually and diplomatically to avoid war factually diplomatically fast and diplomatically to avoid war like a war with north korea is around the corner now we got to start paying attention to these things i mean i fear this war i've been talking about a war for a couple of years That Trump would put us into a war. Here I go. I said no Trump, but I got to get into it a little bit. I think he's leading us into a war. Uh, Two places are good. We got we got the spot with the North Koreans. You can't. These are two guys standing on a hill, spitting at each other and saying, "I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. My bombs are going to kill you. I can reach your country." Not healthy. Uh, Not healthy at all. And then with regard to Russia. Trump has had this situation where, you know, he's my friend. I know what I'm going to do. And you you do things with sugar, I guess, uh, and molasses. You catch more flies instead of vinegar. What am I trying to say? Right now, this past week, it was reported that the United States, while while Trump is still sucking up to this uh, Putin, the United States has arranged to sell and to deliver Airplanes and military equipment to the Ukraine. Now, the Ukraine is on the verge of war again with Russia, or Russia's on the verge of war with Ukraine. What are we doing? If Russia's our friend because Putin's Trump's friend, why are we supplying munitions to someone that Russia may go to war with? It doesn't make sense, this sort of thing. And that's another place where something could occur, And because we're delivering the, you know, this Putin, I love Trump, Trump, I love Putin. This stuff's going to end once the shit hits the fans. The only way I can put it, my friends, and it's going to hit at some point, I'm afraid, then they aren't going to be friends. And bad things could happen to our country and our people. Want to talk a little bit about sexual harassment, sexual harassment. I'm not doing bad tonight. I'm staying away from Trump primarily. Sexual harassment, you know. We had that spree there a month ago. Everybody was getting charged. Males were getting charged with sexual harassment, in varying degrees, from patting someone on the ass uh, to actual intercourse. Uh, it's the t- the tenor, the tone seems to be settling down, though not the issue. The point I want to make is there was no due process involved. I don't know why these guys—they were getting fired. They're they they're resigning from the Senate. Someone's resigning from the Senate. Uh, there has to be, like, the legal system has to be followed. I mean, is, a, is everything, must everything have a penalty, of the, uh, a death penalty to it? A pat on the ass equates to an actual sexual intercourse, uh, an unwanted sexual intercourse, a pedophilic sexual intercourse. Do both have to have the death penalty? Or does not one mean just embarrassment and I apologize? And as they get worse, you decide if someone should resign. There has to be some rules. We don't have any rules. And everyone's afraid of the women's movement here, and I respect it totally. But we got to, even women are now saying there has to be standards for everything here. It can't be everyone gets hung, okay? And that's what we have to keep in mind. I want to talk about reverse sexual harassment because the girls do it too. That's what I'm trying to say. We don't seem to, I don't think they do it as much. I, I saw numbers somewhere. I think the sexual harassment thing, 15% of the men are guilty, which I think is too low of a number, and only 7% of the women. But there is a percentage of women. I call this reverse pedophile pedophilia, what I'm going to share with you now. A 29-year-old female Oregon teacher named Andrea Barber at the Logos christian academy this is very important logos christian academy uh, was a teacher and then she got married and she was a part-time teacher at the same school she started an affair in 2016 with a male student 15 years old on a regular basis okay Uh, They would meet at her house in the daytime when her husband was working. She even provided him with pot, marijuana, and sex. Isn't that amazing? This kid must have thought he died and went to heaven. Uh, Well, she's been arrested. Charges pending against her. Uh, The school issued a statement, though, and I thought the school statement, this is a Christian school, uh, was stupid and off base. And they said, and I quote, Andrea has always felt called to work with youth, and is very excited, was very excited, that God opened the door for her to be part of the Logos team. Eh. So there are sick women, not just sick men. Another sexual harassment, uh, and this involves a female um, politician, hope to be politician, Her name, Andrea Ramsey, R-A-M-S-E-Y, a a Democrat in Kansas, well-known woman, respected, uh, and had announced she was running uh, for the Democratic nomination to the United States Congress uh, this coming year. She dropped out of the race. Why did she drop? I'm laughing. I'm sorry. This sounds like what's been happening to the males. She dropped out of the race because a male subordinate, a male subordinate, a male who worked for her, in 2005, 12 years ago, reported that she fired him because he refused her sexual advances in 2005. So it happens both ways, my friends. That's what the man is trying to say. Let's talk now about the tax bill very briefly and the child. Well, I'm going to talk about Carter first. Jimmy Carter, a former president, uh, I'm going to read you a quote of Carter's about uh, taxes, and it's very interesting because what he said back when in the late 1970s has application today, 100%. He said, and I quote, the present tax structure is a disgrace to the country. It's just a welfare program for the rich. A disgrace to the country. This isn't about the tax plan they had, the tax structure in the late 1970s uh, is a disgrace to the country. It's a welfare program for the rich. <laughs> Nothing has changed in all these years. Nothing has changed at all in all these years. Uh, let's see now. Now the child tax credits, another tax issue. You know, there is. You've got to remember there are poor people and rich people in this country, the child tax credit. If you earn $14,000 a year, you get $75 uh, per child. If you earn more than $400,000 a year, you get $4,000 per child. Now, why is there a graduated system with regards to the child tax credit? There shouldn't be. It should be everyone who has a kid gets X number of dollars for that child. That's it on their return. But that wouldn't be fair, I guess, to those in power. Anyhow, that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Irma and me is doing well. i got to tell you something. Uh, the publisher and the New Atlantic Library designated my book as one of the most interesting published in 2017. Would you believe it? I, I'm laughing. I, whoever expected. But the book's selling well. Buy it. You'll like it. It's quick reading, easy reading, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Again, thank you for joining me this week. I look forward to being with you again next week. Oh, and Happy New Year, too. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah,